Welcome to The Breakdown, where we dig deeper into Sunday sermon, talk about life, and encourage you in your walk with Jesus. Well, welcome back to The Breakdown. Uh, we're back at it. Uh, almost forgot how to record this thing, I man. Know, man. We <laughs> fall apart after one week. You guys, uh, I know as a family, y'all had a stressful week. That's why we weren't together last week for the podcast. Yeah. And thank you all those who checked in on Heather and uh, asked me Sunday how she was doing. Uh, everything's back on track. We had a, a little scare with an infection. And so she ended up in the hospital. So I was on uh, extra parent duty, uh, which was fun. I enjoyed uh, spending some more time with the girls. Just wish that it wasn't under you know those uh, that particular scenario. But we're back. With a breakdown, going to talk about this week's sermon. Before we do that, uh, the question for today that we're going to start out with is: What is your what is one of your fondest memories, whether from your childhood or uh, maybe it was in your adult life? Mm-hmm. What you got? Yeah, man. I mean, that's obviously a, a broad question. Like, <laughs> yeah. what's your fondest memory? But I'll, I'll kind of take you back to the to the childhood time. You know, I think. Those times with family, of course, are always special. And I had some great times traveling with my mom. Uh, We went to Newfoundland, Canada, where she was from Hmm. every other summer. Oh, cool. So my mom would work as a, you know, as a single mom. This was not an easy trip in many ways, not the least of which was the financial side. So she would work summer school, teach summer school. She was a teacher every other summer and save that money for the next year's trip to be able to go home. And we would drive, this was the negative part of the trip, we would drive from Southern Virginia all the way to Newfoundland, Canada. Oh, wow. And, you know, you, you it takes a couple days and we'd stay with family. You have to put the car on a ferry yeah. in uh, Port of Basque in Nova Scotia and take go from the port there across to Newfoundland. And then my grandparents <laughs> lived on the far side of the island of Newfoundland so far that by the time you get to St. John, the capital of Newfoundland, St. John's actually, uh, Newfoundland, you are at the most far easterly point of North America. So that was our trip every other summer. But, you know, when you're a kid stuck in the car that long, you think, oh, this stinks. Yeah. As an adult, you look back on that whole process and you think, man, what a magical time, what magical opportunities to be with friends and family and all the people we would visit along the way and cousins and all that kind of stuff. So that's mine. How about you? Oh, that's, that's pretty cool, man. Uh, mine's pretty simple. Um, when I was, I'm pretty sure this was either my freshman or sophomore year. Um, my parents were really involved with the youth group. And so they would take us to this, um, this youth rally that was in, uh, South Baton Rouge, uh, Louisiana. And, for some reason, the speaker really got my attention. He was a great storyteller, um, but something, I don't know what exactly it was, something pricked my heart. And I went, you know, they had an altar call. I went up mm-hmm. and uh, man, I just wanted some time to pray and kind of take in what I was experiencing in that moment. And uh, a couple of minutes passed, they, they sang another song and then I felt a hand on my back. And I, I had no idea who it was. And so I looked up and it was my dad, mm. which my dad was awesome, but he wasn't a very emotional man. 
Uh, I think I've only seen him cry once and he had tears in his eyes Mm. and he embraced me and he was like, I am all for you, whatever you're going through. It was, it was, it was a moment that I'll never forget. Um, And and I'm pretty sure that, that, that he's never forgot that, but that kind of helped me and kind of uh, boosted me in a way that uh, I was pretty on fire after that, yeah. as far as being upfront with my friends and and sharing the gospel with them, and the connection that that had for me and my dad. We really grew close in high school, and so um, that that point, man, I don't think I'll ever forget that. Yeah, um, I think it's a pivotal point in my walk with Christ, and just to know that my dad was for me. I mean, it was. It's probably the the greatest moment that I think I'll ever experience. Oh, that's as, a home, a kid, that's so. a home run moment for yeah. you and for your dad. I mean, that's a yeah. home run dad moment too yeah. to to uh, be there and reassure you and you know be there at such a pivotal time. So it's beautiful. And so now it's cool. I get to experience that with my girls, and yeah. hopefully that they they will have a moment that that they'll remember that saying, "Hey, man, Dad really loved Jesus," mm-hmm. and so we want to do the same. Uh, Ain't that the truth? That's what we want. Yeah. Yeah. So let's get into our our, our message. Um, we're we're in a series called Storyteller. It's Jesus. We're looking at the parables and how he would tell a story, and it would have this meaning um, that wasn't just a surface level meaning. That really had uh, this this idea that makes you think about how Jesus lived and calls us to live. And so uh, maybe uh, give us a synopsis of the parable that we went through <clears throat> this week. Yeah, so we were talking about a parable of the workers in the vineyard, and Jesus uh, tells this story basically about what the kingdom of heaven is like, which he does all the time, and and always has this this connection to you know the least shall be uh, last shall be first, first shall be last kind of mentality. Least will be raised up, and he tells this story about uh, a landowner going out to hire people to work in his vineyard, and he hires them at different hours of the day. And then pays them all the same amount, even the ones that started at five o'clock and had quitting time at six o'clock. So 5 p.m., quitting time at 6 p.m., got paid the same amount as the workers who started at 9 a.m., but it agreed to work for the day for that denarius, for that, you know, day's wage. And in the end, of course, they're grumbling, those who've been working all day in the heat of the day, and they complain, hey, we bore the heat of the day, and you paid these people the same. It's like, hey, brother, why you got a problem with this? <laughs> you worked for this amount that we agreed to. I paid you as I said I would. Yeah. Why do you lament my generosity towards those who've shown up in the end? And of course, we make that connection there for those who receive salvation at any point in salvation history. Whether that is the illusions that Jesus is giving to the Jews in this moment, because that's part of this story, which we didn't get into a lot in my message. But this idea that the Jews had salvation first, it came first to the Jews, and now it's come to the Gentiles. Why would you lament the fact now, Jews, that the Gentiles have this in what feels like the ninth hour to mm. you, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, that's why, why are you looking down on my grace? And there's just, well, I'm sure we'll get into it, but there's so many layers to yeah. this story that it's one of my favorite parables. It's it's funny that you brought up the, the Jewish uh, kind of how they would respond to this message, but 
if you look back at the history of Israel, they had every opportunity to be God's chosen people and to be a light to the world, to bring other people along. And they messed up time and time again. And now Jesus is saying, hey, the Gentiles now have this ability to be a part of this family. And they're like, oh, whoa, wait, 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 wait a second. Well, but like, but hey, dummies, why do you care yeah. that these other people go to heaven with you? You're not getting less heaven yeah. because they're getting heaven. It's not going to fill up. That's it. There's <laughs> there's room for everybody. And and your reward isn't lessened mm -mm. by others being allowed in. And, you know, that and a, and a multitude of other layers are a part of what uh, this is one of those. Um, <clears throat> there's a, a great um, guy who wrote a, a book on the on the parables. And I'm trying to remember his name right now. But Craig Blomberg, he's a noted you know, theologian, and Blomberg writes in his book about this being one of those complex three-point parables. Yeah. And he breaks the parables down into kind of like you know, one-point parables, two-point parables, and then three-point parables, and then complex three-point parables. This is a, th a complex three-point parable in his estimation, and I think he's right. Yeah. Yeah. So you can kind of look at it from a different, a couple of different angles. And um, I just kind of want to go through the points that you made uh, in, in your sermon. The first one, you said that this parable reveals our attitude towards salvation. Mm. Maybe kind of break that down a little bit. Let's, let's get into that, that idea. Yeah. Basically really, really simple idea here. Do I believe that salvation comes because of what I do, because of how hard I work, how well I work, or is salvation really and truly the unmerited favor of God? As, of course, we know it is, and most Christians know it is, but we still seem to tie our salvation to this idea of works, and we either we even tend to judge others by their works. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, while the Bible makes it clear, we can, we can judge fruit to help us understand our, our own salvation or to see Christ alive in somebody else. We aren't judging somebody's fruit so that we can sit in judgment over them, mm. but it is a really an opportunity for us to authenticate our own faith and to affirm it in the lives of others it should be a positive thing. Yeah. So really, when it comes down to this, it, it this story helps us really flesh out like what do I what do I really believe about salvation? Do I really and truly believe that I'm earning this hmm. by the works I do, or do I really and truly believe that this is all a grace? Yeah. It's all a grace. It, it reminded me of what Jesus preached in his Sermon on the Mount, you know, he takes all these Old Testament laws like murder and they're like, oh, yeah, well, I've never murdered. And he's like, yeah, but, you know, if you wanted to kill in your heart, then you've committed murder. Mm -hmm. And so he, he takes this this law or this good work of not killing somebody. And he says, yeah, you may have followed this, but here, let's take it to another level and let's show you that you actually have sin in your life. That's right. Show that, you you haven't met that standard. Yeah, yeah. You know and there's no you way have. you can. That's right. You know, only through Jesus can we can God have the eyes to see an uh, uh, unblemished person. It's by the blood of Christ that that our sins are forgiven. It's not by our works. We're not mm -hmm. saved by our works, but because we're saved, we want to produce works. We want right. to produce fruit. So I'm not 
I'm not being nice to you because I think being nice to you is going to get me into heaven. Mm. I'm being nice to you because Christ was first nice to me. That's it. You know, and, and I think that Jesus, he teaches this, this upside down kingdom of, of the way we think most of the time is not the way he thinks. Mm -hmm. And so we're constantly having to remind ourselves, just like the people in the parable. Yeah. You may have worked a whole day and gotten the same amount of pay as the person who only worked an hour don't worry about that. That's right. Like I understand as Jesus, as God, then he understands that his grace is sufficient for all. Mm. You know, it's not about when you get paid or, or how much you get paid, but he, he gives everybody that equal, equal portion. And, and, you know, from the perspective of the person that's, that's working at that first hour, it's hard for us to wrap our minds around it. Doesn't it feel fair. No, especially in our that's culture. It. That's right. You know, whoever works the most normally gets the most. Mm -hmm. um, we live in a, a society that's competitive. Mm -hmm. And in jobs, you know, you have to do so much work to get that that edge on people. And so, yeah, I think it's hard for us to, to grasp that. But that's the whole point. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's the whole point, right? Is that this... God's grace doesn't work the way you think it does. Mm. It doesn't. It doesn't work the way that our human our human way works. Isn't that the whole point of Jesus saying the beginning in the beginning? This is what the kingdom of heaven is like. Yeah. In other words, it's not. It doesn't work like your world. It doesn't work like your grace. It doesn't work the way you think it does. It works in such a way that will really boggle your mind because it's not. It is truly unmerited. Yeah. And so your work is ultimately, as Isaiah said, that all of our righteousness is like filthy rags. Yeah. You know, before a holy God, that's it. And, and aren't we grateful that that Jesus has has explained this to us? I mean, trying to go day in and day out and trying to earn salvation by our own means, man, yeah. you'll go crazy. You know, and uh, the power of the law is to convict us, not yep. to save us. It's to help us realize how lost we are without grace. And when we can be confronted with a parable like this that shows us how radical the grace of God is, mm -hmm. that it has the same power and emphasis to save the person who has lived their whole life as a believer and the one who shows up in the last minute, the, the deathbed, you know, coming to Jesus and uh, Lord willing, being baptized into him, yeah. then that's a beautiful thing. It, it's That's the picture of grace. Yeah. So. And, and I think that moves us on to the second point that, mm -hmm. you know, this parable reveals our attitude towards the life of faith. You know, do we mm -hmm. think that this life of, of living for Christ is a privilege mm -hmm. or, or a chore, like you said? And I think for that that person that that becomes a Christian maybe early on, we really have to look at this because if we're looking at it as a chore, we're missing the whole point. You know, living a life for Jesus is a privilege. You know, it's what it's freeing in, in my eyes, the way I see it is that living the way that God has intended us to live in the past, the the way He has created us to live. Is ultimate, ultimately, you know, the most freeing thing that we're going to experience on earth. Yes. Like we're created for a purpose, with a purpose, for, to live a, a specific way. And when we do that, we re really get to experience, you know, what Jesus experienced when he was on this earth. And so, maybe kind of let's 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 dig into this this attitude that we should have as Christians. Yeah. Um, 
Well, the simple part of this for me, the lesson in this is it will then affect how we love and reach out to other people rather than seeing them as, oh, okay, well, that person is just a, a sinner that's not worth my time or mm. that person doesn't deserve this or I'm not passionate about reaching that person for whatever reason, it should be producing in me a desire. God's grace should be producing in me a desire that I want them to have what I have. Yeah. That, that I have been radically saved and loved like this by no merit of my own. In that same way, I should be willing to give that grace away. To somebody else. Yeah, because so. it is freeing. I mean, that's what breaks the chains of sin. Yeah. And and sin can cause, you know, a myriad, myriad of problems in our lives that, you know, once we have Jesus, those things come to light and we, we, we start living like Jesus. Our lives not necessarily become easier, mm -hmm. but with grace, uh, for me, like knowing that is what makes me want to keep going on, makes me want to keep continuing reaching out to people and sharing the same good news of Jesus. Yeah. It's gotten a hold of our hearts, right? It'll produce that kind of an attitude in us and not the attitude of those who, you know, come to the landowner and the end are like, what the heck, man? Sure. I worked all day and I, you know, that's not cool. And, you know, we're not going to, we're not then going to look down on the person who comes to salvation late in life or that we have the opportunity to reach for salvation in whatever period of their life, we're going to care enough about them to say, Hey man, Hey brother, sister, I don't, I don't care when it is. Just come on, right. Yeah, come, yeah. come go with me. Yeah. You know, I, you know, the life you lived before, just like with Saul, leave that life behind and come, come follow Jesus. Yeah. And the third point, and you kind of mentioned it is, you know, it reveals our attitude, attitude towards God. Do we live our life thinking God owes us something? Mm -hmm. And it, and if we if we don't get what we want, or things don't go my way. Is God not for us? And and that's that's not necessarily true. You know, right. just because we are Christians, just because um, we think that we need something or want something, doesn't mean that God's necessarily going to give it. Those people thought that they deserve more money. Mm -hmm. uh, for their work. And God's like, you've been given everything you need. That's it. You know, this is what you, you agreed to. Uh, As have we absolutely. who ha are in Christ, mm -hmm. right? Christ has already paid us. Yeah. You know, he's paid us everything he owes us. You know, it's, it's the old hymn, like to all to him I owe, right? Yeah. Sin had left a crimson stain, but he's, you know, his blood washed me white as snow. That That's it. Like he's already done what I needed for salvation, which ultimately is the only thing I actually need. Yeah. Everything else that we get in this life is a want. You know, it's a desire. And there are, you know, many of them are very reasonable desires. They're not wrong desires. They're healthy desires. But the only thing I really need for eternity is salvation. Yeah. And Jesus has already completed that on the cross so the nerve of me mm. to then come to him and be like, hey, man, I don't know. I did really well. You know, I worked really hard in the vineyard today. And, you know, I worked really hard in the vineyard over my life. And, you know, God, it doesn't seem cool that you're not going to take care of me and in more of a way than somebody else. Or, you know, I, I, I don't whatever it is. Right. You know, it, it's that same. There's a lot of these. This one and the previous point run together a little bit because, you know, it, it affects how we 
how we think about God and how we think about other people. But, yeah, yeah. you know, how, how are we thinking about God specifically uh, when we face difficulty? Do we then turn our back on him because we believe he's turned his back on us and in Christ? And when we are in Christ, he cannot, will not turn his back on us. Mm. He has not turned his back on us. Yeah, yeah. So, boy, that's... It's good news. And, and one of the things that, you know, I was thinking about as we were going through this parable, how how much of a blessing is it to be hired at the first hour? And, and, the, and the fact that now I know I have a day's wages. Yeah. Now I know I'm saved. Yeah. Now I know if, if I'm looking at it towards the worker in the field, I know that my family is taken care of mm. as far as like, I'm going to get paid. I'm going to have something that can produce you know, something else that, that I need. And Jesus, although we didn't, we didn't deserve mm-hmm. him coming and, and dying on the cross, but he did it anyway. That's right. And, and so in, in that payment, he's he, like you said, he's given us everything, not only for salvation, but for life. I can't think of exactly where the scripture is. I know it's an acapella song because we sang it growing up mm-hmm. all the time, wow. but he's given us everything to live a godly life. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't need anything else except the good news of Jesus to to uh, be rooted in and to uh, to create fruit in our lives that that point people back towards God. What a joy that I got to live out for many of us the majority of my life mm-hmm. to serve Jesus and to get to serve Jesus. Yes, right, absolutely. that's the critical difference of thought here uh-huh. versus oh well, you know this person is a heathen. And they live like this and, you know, do this and do that. And, you know, that's not cool. And, and of course, it's not cool. But but then for me to say, OK, well, that's not fair, you know, especially if they come to faith later in life or yeah. even when we get mad at somebody that doesn't care about God because we just think like they can do whatever they want. And I have to live this, you know, life of holiness and pursuing God and doing what's right. And, you know, the fact that we would, some Christians would lament that fact versus saying, wow, what a joy that over the span of my life, I got to serve King Jesus. I mean, imagine, you know, you think about like, I think about Michael Jordan's assistant, Mm -hmm. right? So Michael Jordan's assistant uh, you know, for however many years his assistant got to to hang out around the greatest basketball player of all time. And yes, it's not LeBron James. They got to hang out the, the greatest basketball player of all time and watch this guy play and be around him and, you know, see greatness and go to all these great big games. You know, you, you that's a privilege. Right. And that's just, a, you know, some basketball player. So think about the joy of getting to serve the king of the universe throughout the, the, the majority of my life. Yeah. Wow. Kind of reminds me of an, another parable, which I don't think we're going to talk about the lost uh, son. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, no, yeah, but we're not going there. You know the the son that stayed close to the father the yep. whole time. He was in that same. What you're going to throw a party for That's this guy? It. Like you're you're out of your mind. And, and we as as people that are planting seeds, man, sometimes we don't see people come to Christ mm-hmm. right off the bat. That's okay. That's right. Like you have planted a seed and no telling when their life will be changed by that. Mm-hmm. I, I think I, I'll share this story and then we'll go into our, our last thing. Um, when I was in college, I took uh, some psychology class I was not excited about. Um, I just knew that 
You know, it wasn't my wheelhouse, but went in there, I sat down and um, this older lady, she was, you know, probably my mom's age at, at the time. Uh, she sat down next to me and started talking with me. And we talked over the semester. Uh, and then one day she was like, you remind me of my son. And she explained how he was in the Philippines and how uh, she wished that he would come uh, to the, the U.S. for college. And I was like, man, you know, if he ever does come, I'd love to meet him. And so we added each other on Facebook. Um, at the time, uh, I did share the gospel with her. And then uh, fast forward about four years later, I get a message from her on Facebook saying, hey, my son's come to the U.S. Would you you know, mind meeting him? He doesn't really have anybody um, to, to be friends with. It's like, absolutely. Mm. So I went met this this guy at um, at Starbucks, Vlad, and uh, he didn't speak English very well. I mean, mm. he he knew it, but he was uncomfortable speaking it. And so we talked, uh, found out he played guitar, liked basketball. So then every Sunday I'd go pick him up. We'd go play basketball at the local park. And we met up with these guys. We all became friends. Um, but he was a Christian. Mm. And his mom wasn't yet there. And so he got to share the gospel with his mom. Mm -hmm. Fast forward, his other brother comes to the from the Philippines to the U.S. Mm -hmm. And same thing happens. And fast forward a couple of years later, his mom is now in church. Mm -hmm. His younger brother is in church. And so you see this domino effect of the gospel being shared. I didn't want to be in that class. I made the most of it. I shared it with this lady who had no idea I was going to see her again. Yeah. I was being nice when I said, hey, I'd love to meet your son, which, you know, I, I didn't mean that. And she took me up on it. Mm -hmm. And it's really cool because I could have easily said, you know, I've been a Christian my whole life and she's just come become a Christian, you know, in her right. late 40s. No, it's a celebration to mm -hmm. see how God works through us just being faithful. You know, he's given me my reward, my payment, and now he's given her her payment. That's it. And it's a beautiful, uh, a beautiful, beautiful thing. Care enough to invest in people. Those are all Absolutely. those moments matter. Yep. It's good stuff, man. I think we'll end with this quote. I really liked the um, the Packer quote that you that you quoted. It said, "In the New Testament, grace means God's love and action toward people who merited the opposite of love." Grace means God moving heaven and earth to save sinners who cannot lift a finger to save themselves. Grace means God sending his only son to the cross to descend into hell so that we guilty ones might be reconciled to God and received into heaven. We get to share a similar grace because we've been given grace Shouldn't we therefore go on and show other people grace? That's it. No matter what time they come to faith, mm -hmm. like that's that's a gift that we get to share. I'm excited that we get to share that. Grace is grace is a radical gift, and it's not fair. And that is good news. Mm -hmm. Good news for us, <laughs> and good news for the people we get to share it with. Absolutely, absolutely. So let's wrap this thing up. Let's do it. What are you excited about? What's what's going on in the future that you're like, hey, I'm looking forward yeah, to that. Yeah, this is really kind of twofold. One, one church-wise and one personal. This Sunday we have our big give. So we are making the push to raise the final 55K we need to do our big revive and refresh, restore, renew deal that we're doing in our worship center. Mm -hmm. Going to take a couple of months this summer, you know, probably six to eight weeks to pull all that off. We'll be meeting in our family life center 
beginning the first Sunday in June, which I think is June 5th off the top of my head, but it's first Sunday in June. And so this Sunday, we're just encouraging everybody that can give above and beyond their regular giving, whatever amount that is. I mean, if it's 20 bucks, if it's 2000 bucks, uh, write a check, you know, we'll have an envelope here for you to put that specifically in. And hey, let's raise that, you know, relatively small amount, still a lot of money, but a relatively small amount to help us put with the other cash we have on hand and accomplish this goal. My personal one is on uh, Monday uh, after Sunday, I'm going on vacation to the beach. Uh, yeah, so, yeah. yeah. Pumped about that too. I bet, yeah. How about you, man? Uh, all right, so for uh, church-wise, man, I'm excited for VBX. Uh, mm -hmm. Christy has been pumping it up uh, to me and I'm excited to be a part of that this year. I love the layout, you know, once a week, every Wednesday uh, in June. So I I'm excited about that. Um, personal one, uh, we have been exploring Georgia nice. and have enjoyed it. So if you have a favorite trail out there or a spot you like to go and visit, uh, hit me up. Let me know because we're we're game for anything. Have you been to Brasstown Ball yet? We haven't. I've okay. never even heard You're of that. Put that on your list. So it's on I my just, list. I just helped you out. Yeah. Brasstown Ball. Beautiful spot. Beautiful view up in the North Georgia mountains. Highest point in Georgia. Okay. So there you go. There You're we welcome. Go. Yep. Appreciate it. <laughs> well, thank you guys and gals for listening. Uh, we appreciate y'all. Uh, give us some feedback. Let us know how you like it. Share it with somebody uh, that you think needs to hear this. And we will see you guys next week. Later, guys.